Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. What is up? How is it going? How are you doing? I'm kicking this one off, and I am bringing back an old and exceptionally unofficial sponsor, Bang. Bang is fueling this episode. We are going with the crazy key lime pie flavor. And I got to tell you, everyone, I'm a key lime guy. Comes to the actual dessert, I'm about it. Comes to the ice cream, definitely about it. How about a, the LaCroix? A Target exclusive, I believe? I'm about that. And so the fusion of Bang and Key Lime I'm having for the first time as I talk with all of you today. And man, it's good. This one is uh, could be on that Mount Rushmore of Bang flavors. I don't know. Certainly coursing through my veins. I'm feeling the energy. No crash. Body fuel, baby. If anyone knows anyone who works at Bang, tell them to give me uh, the number, my number, or my DMs, or whatever you want to. I'd like to make Bang the official official in this era of the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, why don't we get into it? Because I have a lot of ground cover to cover in a little, little time. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking a lot about nostalgia. Nostalgia is going to kind of blanket this episode, some topics in between. We're going to close out like we have been doing the last few win days, hearing from you, the member of the hobby. Got some good responses to today's topic, uh, but let's just get into it. So we are a week removed from the Super Bowl. It seems like we're about a month removed. I feel like as I'm sitting here recording this, they should be kicking off next week. Maybe it's I, I, if this football hiatus doesn't work for me. And I know I'm reaching the first weekend without it and the all-star game's going on, but it's just not enough. I need football. I consume content year-round. I need the football going. So I don't know. I definitely um, thought the game was pretty decent. Um, hats off to the Los Angeles Rams and, and their avid fan base. Um, great season to all you Bengals fans. I think there's a lot of positive takeaways. Um, that are coming out of this season. One, like no one in their mama thought you were going to be there. So I think that is good. I am certainly paying attention to the markets post Super Bowl to see the impact, to see what's happening, to see if football cards continue on the same trajectory as they did post Super Bowl um, last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think there's a lot to observe and examine. I think one thing certainly is the football card market of a Matt Stafford, maybe a football card market of a Joe Perot, and everyone in between. We operate on speculation for the most part. People are always trying to find opportunities to get in at the right time. If you're listening, the last couple of weeks I was talking about the breakdown between what ha- what has happened historically from the Super Bowl leaving and the quarterback walking away, and what has happened with their market, I just did a little dig, and I I took a little peek 
just to see what's happening. It's been a week. I said, there's been a, there's always a little bit of a window where before the train um, starts rolling. Now it's, it's hard to forecast. It's hard to say, well, will the same thing be true this year? We're talking about it from years past, from the context of proven performers like Tom Brady, like Patrick Mahomes. So now that we have uh, a Matt Stafford, now that we have, even though he lost, a Joe Burrow, it's this perspective of what's, are people still hungry to buy their cards? And I think just after a week, I'm seeing that Joe Burrow's market has increased 15% via card ladder. Matt Stafford's just 1%. So it'll be interesting to see the buying habits of the hobby as a whole. Will it? Will people buy those two quarterbacks? Are there other guys going into next season? Are people going to wait until teams shake out, moves are made, drafts done, that whole thing? I know there is a lot of pending storylines out there, but this thing, this is what I do know is true, is that there is a appetite for football cards and there is going to be more attention on the football card market than probably ever before. And I'm here for it because that is a segment of the hobby that I certainly play in. I think football is here to stay. Just makes too much sense. There's too many people who watched it. There's too many people who collect cards. And it's just, uh, it's, it's one of those things. So that being said, I'll talk a little bit more about football cards in this episode. But man, I was at home with nothing to do this weekend. And my wife had booked a bunch of plans, uh, some friends over on Friday night. Um, she went over to a pasta night on Saturday. She had a brunch with friends on Sunday. She did the, she did the whole thing. She did the whole game, and I was at home, and I, I played a little, um, put my dad hat on, hung out with my daughter. It was fun. Um, but, you know, in between, in those naps, for me, it was like, what am I going to do? And, yeah, there was some Instagram. There was some looking in card ladder. There was a bunch of other things, eBay and some purchases, not ready to talk about them, but I will share them as they come. But for me, it was, all right, let me watch some wrestling because we had Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. So um, a little blood money in the sand, um, if you will. There was a uh, pay-per-view there, and it's, you know, say what you want about the, the Saudi Arabia relationship, the politics behind it, and all this other stuff. The shows have sucked. The last show was good, and I was like, man, I hope this show follows the same trajectory as the show before. And I will say this. The show was decent. Elimination Chamber was decent. So for a, being, being kind of chilling, doing nothing from 12 to around 3, my time on a Saturday, it was worth, worth that investment. So it's the last check the box until the road of WrestleMania. We are officially on the road of WrestleMania, as I record this right now, um, there is a lot happening on the wrestling card mark market that I will be covering off on. Things are booming. I'm excited. People are excited. There's a lot of whole energy around it. I mean, also too, you you know, you got the Hall of Fame going on. The Undertaker. There was a headline that made some news, right? I was chilling, eating my breakfast, and I was watching the weekend edition of the Today Show, and they were covering the Undertaker's Hall of Fame. Um, uh, upcoming Hall of Fame induction. So things are moving along. Tis the season for me. Yeah, I watch basketball. I'm excited about some of the moves the Pacers made. I watch some college basketball in here and there, but football, professional wrestling, that's kind of how I fill my void. And I'm excited 
whenever I football leaves, it seems like to me I end up um, spending more and more of my energy watching professional wrestling. And I had a double dip. I watched the GCW show on Saturday night. I'm probably going to do it again. So go check out Game Changer Wrestling if you're looking for a little bit of an alternative. You know, stacking slabs is your hobby content alternative. So I like that alternative wrestling too. Um, I want to say big shout out to my man, Lou Janu from the Card Talk Pod. I'm a big fan of this guy. I got tons of great feedback. He was a great guest. I listened back and loved his perspective. He mentioned buying habits are based on nostalgia, and I couldn't agree more. That's why I wanted to spend a little time on this episode talking about nostalgia, because I believe it is the super force that makes the hobby move. Everything else is blocked out, and it doesn't matter when nostalgia takes over. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how my nostalgia is kicking in really hard right now, and how connections with the past are really what drive and move the collectibles arena. I put out there this weekend, I said, negotiating against nostalgia always ends in a total knockout. Back on the mat, staring up at the lights, foggy mind, trying to piece what just happened together. We, we, come, we come to with a new piece of cardboard to connect to, memories triggers, triggered, clarity found. Guys and gals, there is a massive difference in buying cards from a nostalgia point of view and buying cards that are the mainstream hobby headlines every day. And again, there's no right way to collect. There's no right way to buy. There's different roles within the hobby. But I want to just break these two, two buckets down. And I think one is just this mainstream active player approach, which is a totally fine approach. And it's what most of the content is built for in the hobby. It's what rookies, most of the attention is uh, driven to in the hobby. And I think the big thing with the active buying active players is that a lot of it is money driven. Um, and money, it being money driven seems more relevant. And again, I say this and you, we don't buy cards just based on nostalgia. There's a money component there. But when you're buying active players, there's a lot more risk and a lot more upside. I think we are hoping for, when we're buying active players, we're hoping for a string of great performances and moments. There's a little bit of a betting component to this. I think it can stress some people out, and it can also be really, really rewarding. Um, there's, uh, there, it can come with a lot of uncertainty, too, like with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford just hit his mountaintop moment as a player in the NFL. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is a potential Hall of Famer, but what does that mean for his cards? There's a lot of uncertainty there. Is it do people knock Matt Stafford because he didn't win Super Bowl MVP and he was the quarterback? That and, and if you're a quarterback and you're legit in the NFL, there's this thought process that oh, you have to be Super Bowl MVP. Do people look at Matt Stafford and be like, you know what, Matt Stafford's really good, but if it wasn't for Cooper Cup, if it wasn't for Aaron Donald in that defense? and Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller, would the Rams have won the Super Bowl? I think that's a question we all grapple with when, we're, when we have collect active players, that we can buy into someone and build out a big collection around them, and we, our hope is that they hit these moments and that their cards go up. But sometimes they can hit these moments and their cards just stay stagnant. So that's something that happens when we buy active players. 
think it's a great way to enjoy sports and connect with players that we currently love. I also think it's very risky. A player can perform at an all-star level, but you might have bought at the wrong time. So you're buying at the wrong time, and then when the season ends or the player loses in the playoffs, the card goes down in value. Trust me, I've been in this situation. I'm currently digging myself out of this situation. And sure, it could things go 180 and I end up in a lot better spot than I was a little bit ago, potentially. But I'm talking about me this time last year getting really, really excited that I had a new quarterback and that Carson Wentz was my new quarterback. And I knew the infrastructure and what the Colts had around them. I knew they had a um, solid uh, running attack, a strong O-line, and a solid defense. And if Carson Wentz just got added to the mix, man, this team could make some noise in the playoffs. Carson Wentz had a good season. But the fact of the matter is, is everyone is going to remember the last couple games of the season when he didn't play so well, and it cost the Colts a chance to make the playoffs. And now we're in the situation as Colts fans where we don't know what's next. Are we going to move Carson? Are we going to try to bring someone else in? And so for me, that get, make, makes me anxious. And it doesn't make me anxious as a fan being like, well, sh- like we have to bring back Carson Wentz because I've got his cards. That's not the case. Like my move when there are whispers around him being, you know, potentially traded is was I got to get rid of some of my Carson cards. And that was my mentality. And my mentality was that because I bought the cards because he's a Colts player and even though the cards that I bought of him, all of them, he's in Eagles gear. So that's a whole nother dilemma. And I said, I got to mitigate some of my risk. I got to eat some of this cost and I got to get rid of some of these cards just in case he's not my quarterback because I'm not going to be buying Carson Wentz cards if he goes off and he's the quarterback of another team. So I might as well sell off some of mine, eat the losses, hold on to some of my other bigger, nicer pieces. And if he does come back, then be, I'll be cool. So I think that is a situation I'm going through right now. I'm offloading some of my cards. I'm hanging on to some others. And I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on. But as a fan and as a collector, I have zero control. So there's that. Now there's the nostalgia. And I think nostalgia is the, the lane that I really love. I really love to operate in this because it, it really knocks you out. When you see that listing that pops up on eBay that reminds you of a player that helped you win that championship or is a something that triggers this memory, and you just have this conviction when you see that card. And it's the, a different conviction when you, you see the card pop up and you're like, man, should I buy this card because I believe in this player and I think they're going to have a good season and then their card value is going to go up and then I'm going to sell these cards. It's a lot different where it's like, God damn, I just want this card. I want this card because it reminds me of the past and it makes me feel something. I think nostalgia is such an important topic in the hobby because the foundation that brings us all to the table for us to pull out our cash, put our cash on the table and say, give me that card is based on this connection that we have. I think we want to connect with our past as collectors. There is this irrational nature to it. There is this, I don't care what has happened in the past. I'm going to set the bar on the market this time because I want that card and I want to take ownership of it. And it also gives us this unbelievable feeling of this opportunity of this chance to to be first. And so this chance to see something that no one else is seeing and you don't really care because you just have that, <laughs> that strong of a connection with them. So I posted this card 
that I bought uh, over the past couple weeks was a 1998 Flare Brilliance Gold Marvin Harrison out of 99 PSA 9. The reason I bought this card is because I love Marvin Harrison, one. Two, I don't care if Marvin Harrison has a rabid fan base. I don't care if people um, don't invest in Marvin Harrison. I don't care. Like I bought this card because I bought, I spent a lot of money and bought the Peyton Manning rookie version of this card. And I saw the Marvin and it just hit me. I saw the card and I, I know the, the Peyton card and I, by being the owner of it. And I said, I got to have this card. I got to pair these two together. I need a companion piece for my Peyton Manning. I need representation of the number one quarterback to receiver duo of all time, of all time, the most touchdowns, 114 touchdowns between Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. So I saw this card. It was at a price that was totally reasonable. And to be honest with you, it was double the price I would have bought it. And that is when you know nostalgia takes over. So when this card came in the mail, I put these cards together. I took a picture and I put it on Instagram. But then I started to think and it started to trigger. I, th- I thought about all the, all the plays out of those 114 touchdowns I saw during my time being a season ticket holder going to the RCA Dome. I thought about just this game against the Titans when Peyton was, was in Tennessee and Peyton threw this ball up. And Marvin just stuck one hand out and just rolled and caught this pass it. I don't even know how he did it. I think about third and goal, 2006, Foxborough. Colts are up on, on the Patriots in Foxborough, which is a place we just absolutely never win. Peyton takes a couple steps back, throws it out to his right, and Marvin makes this ridiculous one-handed catch, and he spikes the ball. He shows emotion, which he'd never done before. and. John Madden saying, you know, they're debating, are they going to challenge it? Is it a catch? Is it a catch? And John Madden just says, I would take Marvin Harrison's reaction on this play. And Marvin ended up getting a, uh, a, a taunting penalty on it. But I just think about all of that, and it just, it just makes me really, really excited. And so to me, when you go out and you see a car listed, and it brings back those emotions, and it has a price point, and you hardly look at the price point. Yeah, it matters, but you just want the card. That's nostalgia. And I think the more, as a hobby, we can dig into our inner emotion and not the emotions of everyone else who are buying current players who are 75 to 80% of the time going to tank, then we will enjoy the hobby better. And I just don't understand why more people aren't talking about this. It's all about the charts. It's all about the make money now. It's all about the hot things. It's spare me. Like, I hope you come to this show because you know I'm not going to force feed that stuff down your throat. I want to talk about sports cards. I want to talk about how they make me feel. I hope when you're collecting, you're buying off a nostalgia and they're making you feel something too. So the more we can lean into our nostalgia, the more we can lean in. Telling stories, sharing these cards, triggering back the motions, the stronger our hobby is going to get. And I'm feeling that in a big way, a big, big way with wrestling cards right now. My goodness, <laughs> ever since the 2014 Roman Reigns Super Fractor sale, things have gone off and been gangbusters. And this is fun for me. I love this because, yes, it's fun to see prices go up, but I had so much conviction around this. I've been stockpiling cards that are shiny serial numbered and of my favorite professional wrestlers for some time now. And it's just fun to see other people 
come through and be like, you know what, this is fun. And I, I, as I saw all of these sales happening and I see the momentum continue to build, I kind of dug in and I was like, you know what, there's a lot of people showing these sales, a lot of these people getting excited, a lot of new people entering in. And I know I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but I've had a little bit more time to reflect on it. And I just wanted to dig in and just be like, all right, like right now, after the dust is settled or the dust is not settling, I guess, but the dust on the Roman sale is settled. Why do I think wrestling cards in the modern sense are continuing to take off? And I said, here are some things. And I put this in my story this past week and I said, community. I said, the wrestling card community is unlike anything that I've ever been a part of since being back in the hobby. People cheer for people. People are looking out for others. People want to connect with other wrestling fans outside of the ongoing debates with wrestling product. Collectors, a large majority of the people who operate in the wrestling card community are collectors. People sell, but a majority of people buy to hold. And I think this is a solid foundation for any collector-driven community. And I think we're all seeing it now. Outside interest, I think basketball, football, baseball collectors are beginning to cross over. Collectors see sales of guy, who, a guy who everyone knows like The Rock and sees badass cars like gold refractors and it drives familiarity. Connecting the dots between products and their PC with products that are licensed modern wrestling cards has been a light bulb moment for many. I think temple sales, the Roman sale will attract people coming in People, for the first time, are seeing money in wrestling cards. And it's not all about money, but it's good when money is being happening because it's when people are transacting and people are buying cards at a high dollar because that's going to attract new people. And then ultimately, nostalgia. I think so many people were wrestling fans growing up and put away wrestling, went to school, got interested in girls, did other things, got busy, became professionals, had a family picked up a side hop, picked up cards again, but people hadn't connected the dots to their past. And I'm seeing that now. People are like, I get so many messages where people tell me about how much they love Stone Cold and The Rock and how the Attitude Era shaped their their adolescence. And now people are beginning to see these cards and they're like, man, I want to buy these cards. And we're getting news like Stone Cold potentially might be putting on his gear for the first time in 19 years in Russell at WrestleMania. We're hearing rumors that The Rock might enter the mix and eventually challenge Roman Reigns for the true head of the table of that that family. And I think all of these things bubble up and get people interested and getting get really excited. There's been tremendous sales going on in the wrestling card front. I benefited from one. I took my 2002 Fleer John Cena PSA 9 and gave it to Wharf Sports Cards, and it set an all-time record. And I was fired up. And the reason why I sold that card is because it doesn't fit within my wrestling PC. It's not serial numbered. It's not scarce. Yes, it might have a low pop for now, but to me, it just wasn't a card that it was in my forever PC. There are vintage wrestling collectors. There are collectors that buy for technical grade. There's scarcity around technical grade. It just fell outside that. So somebody got my card and someone's going to benefit and someone's going to be really excited about it. And I'm happy to sell that. That happened. There's a lot sale of Roman Reigns refractors that sold for 5K. It was a 2014 Topps Chrome Roman Reigns refractor uh, that was BGS 9 out of 50 that sold for $1,900. There's a 15 Alexa Bliss Gold refractor PSA 10 that sold for $1,200. There was a $1,600 uh, Undertaker sale in January that we talked about. 
Uh, there's a sale right now going, and I think it'll be gone by the time this is done, of a Roman Reigns gold auto refractor out of 10 from 2015 for $1,800. There is so much happening in wrestling cards, and it's only going to get more bonkers. WWE is licenses transitioning over to Panini. WWE Prism is coming o- coming around this time or during WrestleMania season. We are in WrestleMania season, so coming soon. So I am fired up. I'm really excited. I have so much passion around this. I collect because I watch the product and I collect because of nostalgia. My feedback to anyone out there who's interested in wrestling cards, first and foremost, make sure you have some sort of connection. If you don't have some sort of connection, then it probably won't be worth your time. But if you're someone who watched as a kid, who've been interested in product and dipping your toes and trying to get re-educated, it's a fun space. People are amazing. If there's anything I can do, to help or refer you to someone who's making great content, I am happy to do that. On this Friday's episode, I got my man, Jameson, Exquisite Sports Collectibles. Talk about an amazing collection. Talk about just some amazing basketball cards. Talk about some amazing wrestling cards. We're going to dig in. He's a guy I've wanted to have on the show for quite some time. He's a great collector who's making things happen, running a business around sports cards. We are going to get into that. So let's close it out here. I asked the community, I said, what are you collecting outside of basketball, football, baseball, and hockey? What are, what are the lanes you're operating in? Why are you operating them in those lanes? Back to this like alternate play, alternate cards, things that might not be completely mainstream right now. I really see this new, new era of sports cards emerging. It is not just what we have collected in the past, but it's these fringe markets that are forming and it's people just saying, I don't give a shit how things have gone in the past. I'm tired of the traditional way. I'm tired of somebody telling me basketball cards are the most expensive because it's a global game. I'm tired of people telling me football cards haven't taken off because people wear helmets. I'm tired of people telling me baseball cards are just for collectors. Of collectors of baseball and all this stuff. And I'm tired of people saying like only people in Canada sell hockey or buy and sell hockey. Like all of these notions that we've said in the past just aren't true. It's a different game. Things are changing. And one thing I do know is changing is that these fringe markets outside of these big four are taking off and we all need to recognize. So don't be scared. If there are cards in a lane that it doesn't have enough attention right now and you love them, Don't worry about what other people think. Buy those cards. Be the person that is waving that flag. And the more you dig in and the more you show passion around that lane and that market, people who are going to come, people are going to want to come get educated. People are going to want to follow. You're going to meet people. You're going to meet friends. And you know, the reason I know this is because I have been doing this with modern wrestling cards ever since I've been back in the hobby and it's taken two years and now people are going freaking nuts for them. And I'm not the only one doing it. There's been several people, but by God, I'm going to use this platform until it goes, until it continues to go to tell everyone you don't need to do what everyone else is doing. If you see an opportunity out there that makes you happy, be the guy, be the gal to carry the damn flag. So here's what some people are saying. Here's what they're collecting. Badger Pride 36, a few Pokemon cards of my favorites from years of playing Pokemon Go. There's a connection. There's nostalgia. Played Pokemon Go. I'm going to go buy the cards. Same, same, but Kelly, women's soccer. Buying women's soccer because you like women's soccer. Why not? Cousin Collectibles, wrestling. 
Big fan of the Five Timers Club. Big fan of the Five Timers Club over here. Talked about that insert set on the pod. Probably my favorite wrestling card insert set of all time. Apocalypse Cards. You already know it, brother. Wrestling. Shout out Apocalypse Cards. I posted this card. Made a deal with him for a 2014 Seth Rollins gold refractor. Put that baby on my Instagram. Man, shield Seth Rollins. Such a good, such a good card. This, I love this one. My man, Black Griffin Cards, who's been on the pod before, he says, WNBA cards. They are truly rare, one set per year without never-ending list of parallels. Great perspective. Fourth floor cards, UFC, first-year Panini products, while it seems like they are all, all, all in on sports or all out on sport, other sports. Sports card, Johnny, Star Wars. It's, it, there's a lot of Star Wars in here. Take note of that. It's something me and my five-year-old can collect together. I love that. Kevin M. Cormier, soccer, because I love intricacy in the, of the dozens of leagues. Northwoods card collector. Jordan, what's up, brother? Star Wars, my favorite movie franchise, and the 1977 OG sets are awesome to collect. I was just looking at his Instagram before I popped up. He got some PSA cards back. Go check those out. Give me sports, racing cards. Drive to Survive taught me the sport. Now I watch and collect F1 and NASCAR. That rules. 49 collectors, non-sport, including legendary entertainers, Sinatra, and cartoons. How you doing? Paper maker cards, NASCAR, fast cars, fun personality, and some of the best game-used patches in the hobby. Big Rob cards, Star Wars cards, purely from a collecting standpoint. I love these. My man Curly's wrestling cards. What do you think he collects? Wrestling and F1 because they're the two sports I love. Wrestling, though, more because they're cheaper. They might not be cheaper for long, so jump on that train. Gowdy Gum, golf, huge pandemic winner that, that, that is sticking tons of talent on tour and goats still playing. Drake's PC, wrestling and vintage Pokemon. Wrestling, obviously, but my son loves Pokemon. I love that. Collect something that one of your kids is collecting and have those conversations around it. MJS sports card. Soccer is interesting. World Cup, of course, but you can rip some wax and not get killed on ROI. All-star sports cards, entertainment cards, movies, music, models. And my man, J Kinney underscore J, golf. There is so much happening right now in the hobby. People have interests outside of the primary players and the primary sports, and I love it. I'm here for it. I hope all of you are off to a good start this week. I hope you are digging the hobby, teaching, learning from others. There's so much fun stuff. I'm pumped to bring Jameson from Exquisite Sports Collectibles on the podcast on Friday. Stay tuned. Take care. Talk to you real soon. 